you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Week two starts tonight. Did you hear? Justin mm. Jefferson and the Vikings are on the road. They pulled into Philadelphia middle of this week to take on the reigning NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. Welcome inside Good Morning Football presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Live here just north of Philadelphia in New York City. It's Thursday, September 14th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. That's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, and Jason McCourty. Felt like I was having this conversation this time last year, week mm-hmm. two, Vikings going into Philadelphia. Monday night. Mm-hmm. Monday night, and not it farewell. did not fare well. <laughs> Peter, can they get out of Philadelphia? All yeah, right? we'll see. Look, they 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 are. It's week two. Week one's a liar, is kind yeah. of yeah. Uh, we're not week two though. I know. <laughs> I'll say that. Like we we got to see Joe and Troy on Monday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to see. Uh, Al, uh, no, I'm sorry, Chris and Mike, right. and we know obviously Olsen and Romo and Nance. And yeah. Bar- I feel like we get another group of friends tonight. The first Amazon game. Yes. Like, they're a little late to the party. It's week two, but we're going to see Herb Street. We're going to see Al Michaels, and I think it's a good segue to our guest today. Absolutely, Kirk Herb Street's yeah. Yeah. good. He's been busy on that college football scene, and now we get him back. I picture the them NFL. still on vacation all week one. Like They didn't work. They were just hanging. Sure, they were no. chilling. You should like, ask them about that. Like, oh, it's yeah. football. All right, <laughs> right exactly. It's so, uh, it's so great. Yeah. We are going to talk a lot about the Thursday night game, but also news around the lead. Time for the lead block. Good morning, Tom Pelissero. He is our assigned NFL Network insider this morning. Tom, injury news that we need to know ahead of the Vikings-Eagles game tonight? Well, Jamie, let's start with Eagles starting running back Kenneth Gainwell, who is out for this game because of a ribs injury. He led Philadelphia in the opener with 18 touches, 74 yards from scrimmage. Nick Sirianni said after the game, He doesn't like coming out and only having DeAndre Swift have two touches. Well, that figures to change tonight. Should be more Swift, more Boston Scott. Could also see the Philadelphia debut of Rashad Penny, the former Seahawks, in an Eagles uniform. Other injuries, cornerback James Bradbury out because of a concussion. Obviously not ideal when you're going up against Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison in that passing game. Defensive tackle Fletcher Cox listed as questionable because of a ribs injury, though it sounds like Cox is going to be able to go. Meanwhile, the Vikings have a couple of key players also listed as questionable. Left tackle Christian Derrissa and edge Marcus Davenport. They're both dealing with ankle injuries. I'm told the Vikings are hopeful both players are going to go, but they won't know for sure until we get closer to tonight's kickoff. Jamie? That is definitely something to watch for that Vikings line. Uh, Tom, thank you so much. Talk to you in a little bit. Now we just heard Kenneth Gainwell out tonight. We should see a few more of those new Eagles running backs in that room down in Philadelphia. DeAndre Swift, one of them, amongst a couple other names. In week one, Swift, though, had a grand total of two touches. Mm. Nick Sirianni spoke about Swift's role within the offense yesterday. He'll be in that role sometimes where he carries a load for the game, and he'll be in the role sometimes like he was in last game. Um, you know, again, we, we don't ever want to come out with him only having those many touches. It was just kind of how the flow went in the game. 
uh, and you know, may, you know, we pro we had things called for him, uh, you know, but sometimes the ball doesn't go to him in, in a certain way. So not quite the debut uh, DeAndre Swift was looking for, and despite the win against the Patriots, it was a battle for the Eagles up in New England. They didn't make quite the statement that some were expecting them to, certainly not like we saw what the Cowboys did or the 49ers did to start their season. So tonight the Vikings have an opportunity in Philadelphia. What can they do, if anything, uh, to do something about how the Eagles came out but also mm -hmm. how the Vikings started, and both of these teams have an opportunity to prove themselves on Thursday night football, mm -hmm. Kyle. We got to win the heavyweight fight. Guys, we got a boxing poster. Slay and Jefferson. Ring the bell. Let's go. Slay versus Justin Jefferson. Ring the bell. Um, I'm very excited about this one. You don't see a lot of these old-fashioned uh, Dion versus Andre Risen mm -hmm. type things. Here's the deal. Last year, these two teams played in the same week, and it was Slay versus Jefferson. It was Slay's coming out party. Uh, he won, resoundingly. He had two picks. The stats bear out that when uh, Kirk Cousins threw to Jefferson with Slay Guardian was one for five for seven yards and two picks. He won the battle. It's been talked about a lot this week. Justin Jefferson straight up says there's, quote, tension going into the matchup. There's, uh, Slay is going to be chirping. Uh, Slay is going to be chirping before the game, during the game. This is a great thing, and I know the broadcast is going to be all over. Anytime Slay, one name only, is matched up against Justin Jefferson. I also think there's a thing where Justin Jefferson is looked at right now as the guy. He is the number one wide receiver in the league. He's the biggest star. The kids love him. The grown-ups love him. I'm also looking over at A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Like, what do you got? Because allegedly Elvis is in the building. Like, why don't you show out a little bit and have a huge big game and say, he's not all that. We have the best wide receivers in the NFL. We have the best corner in the NFL. We have the best team in the NFL. Mm. The Jefferson thing is he's such a rock star that the slay factor, but even the same position on other team, I want to see what they do to kind of take him down a lunch. I'm watching 18 all night. I like that because you look at the Eagles last week. Brown, Smith didn't have big games. Smith had a touchdown nope. pass, but the offense couldn't get going. And a lot of that was Jalen Hurts struggled. Less than 200 yards in the air, had the late game fumble. And we go back to a year ago, that first game in Detroit, Jalen Hurts goes off. 250 yards in the air, 90 on the ground, had a rushing touchdown. Then we got to Monday night, and you say week one is a liar. Last year, Minnesota beat the brakes off the Packers in week yeah. one, and we were all fired so up true. going into this Monday night game. Philly wins a shootout against Detroit, and then we're at the link, and it just everything went Philly's way. Jalen Hurts was all over the place. He had two rushing touchdowns five seconds within the second quarter. They just could not stop him. They were gashing the Vikings off, the Vikings defense. And then this past Sunday in New England, Jalen Hurts just didn't look comfortable. There weren't many opportunities to get the ball down the field to whether it was Dallas Goddard who didn't have a catch or A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. Nothing looked the way it did last year when he jumped out on the scene. So you talk about what can they do tonight. I don't know if it's a prove yourself to the entire league. It might only be prove yourself to yourself when you're looking mm -hmm. in the mirror. Mm -hmm. We talked about offensive coordinator Shane Steichen taking over for the Indianapolis Colts and Brian Johnson now becoming Philly's O.C., for Hurts and Johnson, like, let's start to get this thing rolling. Let's have some positive plays. Let's make some big plays. Get the ball down the field. That's what I think everybody wants to see from Philly, to just to start to see that offense clicking. Swift, mm. probably get a ton of opportunities tonight. Mm -hmm. Welcome yourself to Philadelphia. Mm. Go on there, let the fans cheer for you, and have those number zero jerseys possibly come out after mm. Thursday night football. Should be an exciting one. I'm excited to watch this game because I think, you know, you look at both these teams, they had disappointing week ones. I know the Eagles fans are watching like, we won. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah. 
it was it was not a, a a performance like the Cowboys had. It was not a performance mm-hmm. like you said the 49ers had. Mm-hmm. It was like a get out of there and survive. And maybe I give them credit. Hey, going into there and it's on the road and it's New England and yeah. Brady and the whole thing. But you're up 16 nothing and almost let that game slip away. Tonight, I'm looking at the interior offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. <laughs> And the Buccaneers destroyed them. Like, mm. Vita Vea was just, like, literally, like, remove you out of the club. I love Vita. And I'm looking at number 98 in Philly. First time that I'll have my eyes, the entire, just all attention. There's not a two-a game against the Chargers going on. There's not another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's Focus. not fields in love. Yeah. Focus. Give me the Jalen Carter experience. Okay. 98 had as good a rookie debut at the defensive tackle position you could imagine. Uh, the safeties were non-existent. The whole middle of the field was there for the Wild. Patriots. They literally lit up that defensive backfield. I'm Sean Desai. I'm looking at my safeties and all the injuries we got, and I'm a little worried about that. But I'm not worried about up front, and they're going to need him. They're going to need Jalen Carter to be this good. Jordan Davis was next to Jalen Carter, the two college teammates. It looked like, I mean, honestly, it looked like the old days of when you'd have, like, Sam Adams next to uh, Big Ted Washington. Ted Washington. Yeah, remember that? It was just two beasts inside. (laughs) Of all the defensive tackles last week in football, this guy in his first NFL game had the most pressures on a quarterback. That's insane. So I'm looking at this as the difference maker. I know we've got bigger stars on the field, and I think DeAndre Swift is going to play a bigger role, and obviously Jefferson and Slay is, is, is eye candy. I'm going to look at a little bit within all look that. Look at you. I'm looking at 98, at and I'm looking at them against guys like Ed Ingram and Ezra Cleveland, not household names, but it could be a long night for the Vikings, and it could be a really long night for Kirk Cousins. And if we have any history... The Eagles kick the snot out of the Vikings when they yep. come to their game. Mm. The NFC Championship game a couple years ago, yep. remember, the Flea Flickers, all that. And then last year on that Monday night game, the Vikings didn't even board the bus. Mm. It was wild to watch mm. that game last yeah. night. Um, the Vikings got a multi-view treatment for me on Sunday. Okay. Uh, Box. Four boxes? Yeah. Out of my multi-view. Oh, you took them out. I took them out. Once I saw those really? three. Yeah, I, That's like MySpace Top 8. Like you yeah, I, I just, yeah, yeah I had so many options. I had so many options. And I was like, I can't watch this anymore after the second drop snap or botched fumble and yeah. there was an interception it was like to, again Vikings fans I think they've given the Vikings a proper treatment this week it was dismay frustration with the offensive line then Monday yeah. Tuesday art- the articles start coming out maybe it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be no 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 that's not a good thing for those miscues on your offensive line to happen in the first half of a home game to open your season. When I looked at this segment, I first thing I wrote was, fix it, Kirk. This is on you, man. You are the leader of this offensive line. You look at their eyeballs and you tell them what's what. You tell them what counts, what cues, what are we doing here. Now you've got to go to Philadelphia and you just had a reputable person in NFL media say you didn't get off the bus last year. Like, mm. fix it, Kirk. You can't walk into Philadelphia and have this mm. go down the way it did in Minnesota. That's what drives me nuts about last week was that these offensive line miscues and now you don't even have your starting center Bradbury's out you're going to walk in Philadelphia and think it's not going to be loud that you're not going to have to go hard count that you're not going to this was so frustrating to watch They're, they're working their way down the field and it was all in the first half and then for Minnesota articles the Star Tribune coming out well actually the PFF grades no 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 Timing is everything. And if you don't get this thing right, it was going to be a long night. I don't care if it's one guy or ten guys. The defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles is unbelievable. And it could be a bad night. Fix it, Kirk. Fix it. Wasn't it we had the summer of Kirk? Like, everyone fell in love with Cousins on the Netflix special. And it's just like... Poof. You, you, you don't want to start 0-2. You know what I'm saying? Nope. Like, you, you nope. got to get this thing right. All the goodwill and all the outfits and roasting marshmallows. Like, let's let's play some good ball tonight. Yeah. And it's a good story for the league. Come on. No doubt about it. And to that point, watching that game in the first half, the guard hit the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands. Yes. 
Winfield comes off the edge free. Nobody blocks him. I will say, they didn't play horrible. They just had dumb mistakes in that game. And really bad times. Really bad times. And it set the tone, I think, for the rest of the game. Like, the second you give the Buccaneers. Real quick, Jason, I'm talking that the Eagles didn't make the statement. Like, as a player, when you hear that, we went on the road and beat the Patriots in New England. Like, is that like, are you looking at the TV if you're hearing me say this and be like, are you ridiculous? Or do you feel it and say, well, Mac Jones just ate in the second half all over our defense? Oh, no, because you, you watched the film. So when the other quarterback has over 300 yards and three touchdowns and you're in there and you're watching it with your DB coach, like, yeah, you're a little bit more relaxed because you won the game, but what the hell are you doing here, son? You're still getting that. So I think for the players, you're happy you walk away with a win because it's hard to do in the NFL, but you know you have corrections and you want to play better. Mm. You can be a guy, if you gave up three touchdowns and you won 40 to 41, you're like... They may be getting me he out of here. Talking, so you do he was wanna... talking about Kirk Cousins. Everyone was laughing at Jonathan Gannon and all his speeches mm-hmm. to the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defense, the backfield did not look great. On mm. Sunday. Are you not in, a little bit embarrassed, Vikings, if Baker Mayfield is out talking about how he picked up your, your signs yeah, and your signals just like willy-nilly all game? He's like, it's pretty easy if I can pick up on the tendencies. What? Yeah. We need a win tonight. They do. Did Mac Jones really put up those numbers? Yeah, 300 yards. Yeah. He really did. Blankenship's out with a rib. He's one of yeah. the best safeties. safeties like, yeah. All right. Remember when Mac was at the draft and he did that walk? Yeah. He was like the king of the draft. And it's time for Thursday nice. Night Preview presented by well DraftKings. In fact, DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's take a look at what's available tonight, mis amigos. The Eagles are six and a half point favorites. Six and a half. All right. They've won seven of the last eight games on Thursday Night Football. They love that prime time. Keep an eye out, though, for DeAndre Swift. Jason mentioned him a couple times. Jason, what's his jersey number? Number zero. Number zero. Well, he's not going to have zero touchdowns because you get in the end zone with Kenny Gainwell out. There's some sweet action there. And with two of the highest-scoring offenses last season, okay, this could be a track meet, guys, and we would be here for it. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official official sports betting partner of the NFL. And during week two, new customers, maybe you can bet just $5. And then poof, $200 in bonus bets instantly. I don't know how they can do that, but they do. They're just crazy like that. We love DraftKings. Download the app and use code GMFB when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown, not ours, yours. Nicely done. Nailed it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's never as bad as you think. It's never as good as you think. You know, if you have a great win and you go back in, it's never as good as you think either. So, um, obviously, got to play smarter football. Uh, I thought our team did a lot of good things. Don't want to take away from that. You know, it's the grand scheme of thing, it's one game, and, uh, and we're not going to let it turn into two. It's time for a game of we in or we out. We start up there in Buffalo. And what we heard just from Josh Allen saying, everyone chill out, relax. Uh, Allen's been getting crushed in the media since mm. the week one performance, losing to Zach Wilson in the New York Jets. Uh, and yet, he wasn't the only quarterback who didn't have his best day. Here's the statement. This is really meta. This is kind of a sports media <laughs> statement. But no, just reading the tea leaves, right, and this so is some comments we've gotten on Twitter from the Josh Allen camp of fans online. Joe Burrow got a pass from the media after a disastrous week uh-huh. one, but Josh Allen did not. Kyle, are we in or are we out? Am I in that that's what happened or that that's okay? Did that, that happen? Happened. You're in. 
Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, I'm, I'm casually in. Mm. Joe Burrow got made fun of. I, I, I see all the memes. Cleveland destroys him. I, I saw, you know, he looks like Kevin McAllister, but Macaulay Culkin is now like on, sitting on a sidewalk somewhere. Like, he, he got he had some heat. <laughs> <laughs> but that was more like kind of making fun of him, whereas I think the Allen was like really skewered about what are we doing with this guy. And listen, this is not a one-game thing. This is, goes back to the end of last season and all that. He has nine interceptions in his last five games. Nine and five. And that's, I'm not even going to count the fumbles. Like, I think that's going to be gratuitous. It's a lot of fumbles. And how many years have I joked about Sugar High Josh Allen? It's not really that funny anymore. And this is year four of it. It's not funny. Sugar High Josh Allen was like this young, excitable kid in the league from Wyoming. And he'll figure this out. Like, he's, he's, he's in his sixth season now. And it's like, well, it's, God, you're killing him. You know, and the other thing I hate, people are like, well, one of those interceptions, you know, that was an arm punt. That doesn't count. Yes, it does. Yes. He threw it on third and eight. What are you talking about? You just like saying arm punt, and it is fun to say. <laughs> but, like, we're trying to convert the first down. Of course it counts. What are you talking about? Arm punt. He gets a pass back. No, he doesn't. Um, I've still sucked by this, that every time this thing gets into the red, with the Josh Allen take care of the football, he turns into Rembrandt. Yeah. Like, it is a four-interception, 400-yard, zero turnover. He's got the Raiders this weekend. Um, if I know Josh Allen, he will have a brilliant, True. clean game this weekend, and then we'll forget about this for a month. True. If he doesn't, if Crosby messes him up and he fumbles and interceptions, we're going to reach terminal velocity in this, and we're going to have real problems. And what, I, what I'm waiting for is if he has another egg, Sean McDermott has to eventually come out and be like, our quarterback needs to play better. And then it's going to be, but I bet he has a great game this weekend. It's just how it goes. I am in on this as well, but I think it's also because of the media windows in which these guys were in. Joe Burrow got the 4.30 CBS treatment, but there were other games on. People were... One o'clock. One o'clock Joe Burrow game. There were 17 other games on. It it just kind of flew under the radar. Also, the narrative was that the Browns had had the Bengals number, and he he had been injured, and there were a lot of built... It was raining. They're on the road. Monday night football and you're and the guy who is competing for your stardom in your division yeah. goes yeah. down four lose. snaps into the game and you lose. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, yeah, I think that is true. But I also think it was he's just kind of a victim of his timing this week. Yeah, I, I'm out on this because I think they both got what they deserve. Joe Burrow <laughs> didn't play well and people talked about him not playing well. He also didn't have four turnovers. They performed bad, but he didn't single-handedly take down the team. I think with Josh Allen, the four turnovers were rough because you look at the Bills' defense, they gave up a ton of yards uh, to the running game, but they weren't giving up a ton of points. You look at this game, it was just like it was so one-sided that it was Joe Burrow and company really didn't play well. And on top of that, Joe Burrow decided after having that bad game to go out there and get a haircut. Josh Allen had a yeah. bad game. Oh. The hair still flowing out of the huh. hat. So An actual haircut, not a metaphor. And they asked him about it, and he said, when you have a bad game like that, it's time to get a haircut. Mm. Do you feel like the pot is kind of hitting a simmering boiling point in Buffalo already? Mm. Like, Von Miller has a podcast. He had Stefan Diggs in yeah. there asking about Michael Irvin's comments about Michael Irvin, go, uh, about Diggs always going like this. And Michael Irvin's like, I can't have my receiver doing this. And Diggs has to respond to that. Like, yeah. it's so early in the season. It's week two, and you already feel like the pressure is building. And I think the fact that they're in that market and that everyone's eggs are in this basket, like, it's almost not a national story, it's almost more a regional story where everyone is so invested in this Bills team that if this were to actually fall apart or go wrong, it would be so crushing for this city, this this team. Uh, I I feel like Allen is in the crosshairs right now and Burrow we're kind of like, all right, well, they lost two games to start the year last he year. Was heard, yeah, yeah, he, he was hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. I think a lot of the vibe and the goodwill about the Bills in this era was 
was broken in that Bengals playoff game. I really do. It, it, so much air went out of the balloon. It was such a non, like a, just such a, a casual defeat. They never really showed up. They got to get it back. They, they, need, they need a big win, an exciting win, and it, they're hurting right now, I yeah. think. Lamar takes the snap, looking left, slings it. He's got a man open, and it's caught by Zay Flowers. First down, Ravens in the red zone. He fades, man wide open, caught, touchdown! Jordan Addison. Puka's got the catch. Puka breaks the tackle to 10, right sideline 5, extends the football, he's out. Gibson has room to run at the 35, cuts it back to the 40, has an alley down the left sideline, still on his feet, and into the end zone, and that's the ball game! The rookie undrafted, Xavier Gibson. I still get chills. An unbelievable weekend for some of these rookies, and we'll stick with that position, the wide-out spot. It's a time for Mixed Bag Trivia. We're going to see Jordan Addison tonight. Had a touchdown last week. Nice. Awesome debut. And in honor of those incredible Week 1 performances from Puka Nakua and <laughs> Xavier Gibson, this week's theme is Rookie Wide Receivers <laughs> NFL History. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Jason? We'll start with you. Let's do it. This rookie wide receiver led his team in receiving yards in a season in which they went from 3-13 and 13 the year before mm-hmm. to the NFC Championship game the next. Oh. Was it A, Randy Moss, B, Steve Breston, C, Marcus Colston, or D, Jason Avant? 3-13 and 13 to the NFC Championship game, and this guy was their number one wide receiver. Oh, I'm trying to... Put myself there and think of, ah, this is going to just be a shot in the dark. Um, I'm going to go with C, Marcus Colson. Say he came out of Hofstra and just took off. Brother, you're right. Come on, Jay. Jay. Let's get through it here. This is Drew Brees and Sean Payton's first year in New Orleans. And here we go. Marcus Colston, a seventh-round pick out of Hofstra. Hofstra. Wins Hofstra. the job. They trade Dante Stallworth. I believe to, they do that. And they get him in there. And now we have him as our number one. They go all the way to the championship game. They lose to Kyle's Bears. I was at that game. You were there? Yeah, Rex Grossman versus Drew Brees. Erlacher just running down well, the Reggie was the rookie at the mm. time. And he was a sensation. Mm. Reggie Bush led the team in receptions. But Marcus Colston led it in receiving yards. Ah. And he was their number one guy. One of the best rookie classes of all time. Bush, him, Zach Streif, a loaded Streif. Saints rookie class. Now Zach Streif is coaching Ocean. with Sean Payton yeah. up in Denver. All right, Jamie, are you ready? No. Never ready. Never ready. Okay. Yes. Which current TV personality led his team in receiving games oh. and had 100-plus receiving yards in the Super Bowl during his rookie season? Ooh. Was it Steve Smith Sr.? Was it Brandon Marshall? Mm. Was it Chris Collinsworth? Or was it Julian Edelman? Now listen, Super Bowl season as a rookie and let his team in receiving yards. Okay, I am just going to go immediately with what my gut told me, only because I was doing the deep dive on the 49ers-Bengals Super Bowl history. Sure. And Chris Collinsworth played in one of those mm-hmm. Super Bowls. And the one that, so I'm going to go see Chris Collinsworth. Just got that. It'd be fun. Okay, Steve Smith Sr., of course, works with us in the network. Brandon Marshall's all over TV and on the online socials. And Julian Edelman's my new colleague at Fox, but you are correct! Yes! Oh Chris Collinsworth, a second-round okay. pick for the Cincinnati right. Bengals, one of the great rookie wide receiver seasons ever. Ken Anderson won MVP. Yep. This guy was his number one dude. Collinsworth would have 100-plus yards in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Have a crucial fumble That's in the good. game as well. Yeah. We're not going to mention that, though. Chris, we love you. <laughs> Uh, Collinsworth, an amazing career with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Not only lost to the Joe Montana 49ers in this one, 
lose to him again several years later. Took yep. two Super Bowl rings from Chris Collinsworth. Um, there he is, though. Receiving yards that season. Dan Ross, Isaac Curtis, Steve Kreider, uh. and Pete Johnson would finish it out. But the 81 Bengals, Chris Collinsworth, their top receiver as a rookie. I remember Steve Smith had a big Super Bowl against the Patriots in by a big year. Third year. Third year. Uh, Third year. Okay. That was my, that's what I was saying. I thought for sure. Third year, they went 1 in 15. Is that right? And ended up getting Julius Peppers in the draft. Mm. All right. Got me. I thought it was Steve Smith. Nice job, Jamie. Both of you guys got it right. You ready? Yeah. All right, Kyle. For you, we're going back into the Wayback Machine. Where are you going? We're going to go into NFL history as one of the greatest catches of all time. I need to say no more. Grillo, our producer, roll it. Play action. And Manning's going to heave one. There's, oh, there's a flag. Beckham, a one-handed that? catch. How in the world? Oh, my goodness. And Brandon Carr was back there. I mean, he is insane. How do you make that catch? Oh, my goodness. This is sick. Put this to music. I don't think he stepped out either. That may be the greatest catch I've ever seen. number 39. Penalties decline. Result of the play. Touchdown. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. That is absolutely impossible what he just did. That may be the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life. It's in the conversation. It's still amazing. <laughs> it's fun. And how about Collinsworth? Answer the last question, just just owing on its receiver himself. Amazing. He was he was reflecting on it this last week, and he was saying it was the three fingers part of it that's yes. underrated. He never has the ring finger and the pinky come over oh. on it. It's, it's not just this. It's only three fingers. That was his take, and I know yours, yours too, Jay. Yeah, no doubt about it. You see that. I, I just feel for Brandon Carr. Odell just makes a ridiculous catch, and now forever you're just always in that clip. Oh, make a play. Yeah. He was a, he was he a did rookie. his best. He was a rookie. That catch came from a rookie on Sunday Night Football, November 22nd, 2014. <laughs> so that was on Sunday night at around 10 o'clock. Okay. 24 hours uh, early. We're going to we're going to 30 Rock. <laughs> Who were the hosts and musical guests the night before Odell Beckham Jr. became a household name? Was it A, Cameron Diaz? And I went with these two, Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson, Uptown Funk. Yeah. Dave Chappelle and the Roots. Sidney Crosby, the hockey player, and David Guetta, the famous EDM DJ, or Paul Rudd in the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Never have to knock on wood. I, I, I don't think it's <laughs> the Boston's were running the game for a while. Sidney Crosby is a low energy guy who's an amazing hockey player. I don't remember him hosting SNL. I think that'd be a strange choice for them. Chappelle is interesting, but I'm thinking Cameron Diaz in this era is kind of doing like bad teacher. Bad you know, she's teacher. reforming herself and trying to like laugh at herself. SNL would have been a good spot for her. And then the Don't Believe Me Just Watch, that that jam was everywhere. everywhere. It was so, I mean, like, we believe you. We're trying to, we know, no one doesn't believe you. I'm going to go with A, Cameron, Bruno, and Mark Ronson. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Three for three, guys. NBC had a big weekend, man. He goes Hell yeah, they did. <laughs> My goodness. Here we go. Bad Teacher uh, is great. Bad yeah. Teacher is great. It was also, I guess, a remake of Annie. Do you remember a remake? Yes. Of- yes. And she's Hannigan. And she's Miss Hannigan. So yes. That was- you know who played Daddy Warbucks? <laughs> Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx yes. played Daddy Warbucks? Daddy Warbucks. Jamie Foxx. Okay, don't remember that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It's a hard knock life <laughs> for us. Jay-Z did that song too, Peter. Right sampled it. Remix. He did sample- Sampled it. <laughs> Right? You I did. want these floors to look you like did. the roof of the Chrysler building. That's what she says to the orphans. Great, it's a great, great show. Mm-hmm. Seen Annie before? Yeah. Broadway or TV? TV. Right. That's what we say to some of these teams. The sun will come out tomorrow. 
Bet your bottom oh. dollar like the Jets did on Rodgers. Let's go. Go to the next yeah. one. I'm letting you cook. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last question. Any songs. Last question oh for all goodness. of you. Okay. Which first-round pick caught a game-winning touchdown pass with one second remaining in his rookie year? Ooh. Was it A, Tavon Austin, oh. B, A.J. Green, C, Sammy Watkins, or D, Nikhil Harry? Random as hell. So I know random. it. Mm-hmm. Jason. So random. I'll start with you. Oh, man. I was hoping. One second left on the clock. Oh, I'm going to go. Oh, oh, I'm going to go B, A.J. Green. Oh, he took my. It's okay. It could be mm. two. You both could okay. Fine. I'll go with my second. I'll go C, Sammy Watkins. No, I, I know it ain't D. And then Nikhil Harry was only catching hands from Belichick, I think, at that time. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I Jay, I mean, like, come on. Um, Sammy Watkins is super high profile for Buffalo. Is no one taking Tavon Austin yet? No, not no. yet. I'll go Tavon. Come on. One of the greatest college players of all time. I uh, inaccurately said, hey, Grillo, our producer, roll it. Sure. Um, the director is the one who rolls it. Yeah. So, Anthony, our director, roll it. <clears throat> he is looking to Watkins. He's got it. Touchdown, Buffalo. Great call by you, partner, two plays ago. You said Watkins from the get-go. Awesome. Jamie's right. It's Sammy Watkins. Kyle Orton Mm -hmm. on the sidelines. Meanwhile, the offensive coordinator that day, Nathaniel Hackett. The quarterback's coach, Todd Downing. Wow. I'm just saying, Jets fans, you've got a shot here. Kyle Orton is probably still available if we need a quarterback. (laughs) What was Buffalo's record that year? Okay. Shout out to Tim Brando on the call for Fox. Love Tim Brando. Shout out to Cameron Diaz. Shout out to Cameron Diaz. She kind of gave up the game. She's still married to that good Charlotte. Okay. Yeah, I think she has yeah. Good for her, yeah. they said it never lasts. I like it. I think she dollars. has like an acid-free wine now that like is gives that you, right? Yeah, that gives you like no hangover or something. What a gift! Ah, I know. thought she would come out with her own line of hair gel. She's like connected to hair gel. An extra about Mary. That's <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> yes. I like the mask. But the mask is the best. Like Forty years old. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Thursday Night Football on Prime kicks off with two of the NFL's most exciting offenses. It's the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Philadelphia to take on the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. Tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, only on Prime Video. It's Prime's first game of the season, and we look forward to it with our next guest. Joining us now, one of the most prolific broadcasters in the booth today, an Emmy winner, an Ohio State legend, and, of course, a color commentator for the game tonight on Prime Video Thursday Night Football Package. Ladies and gentlemen, our friend... Kirk Herbstreit. Hey! Hey! How are we doing? <laughs> great. We're great. We are looking forward to you t- talking to you about this one. We just kind of covered what you've been doing in the college game, but let's focus on tonight. Vikings, Eagles. You got a storyline that jumps off the screen to you that are you really looking forward to having some answers to some questions here? Man, first, it's just great to be back, you know, for our second year on Prime and, and working with Al. For me, it's, as you guys would imagine, that, that's, that's quite a... Uh, uh, a, a you know dream come true for me to be able to. I worked with Musburger, Musburger earlier in my career. Now to be back with Allen, our second year, we're looking forward to having a, a great schedule. The game tonight, 
Um, there are a couple of things that stand out. First of all, Justin Jefferson, the top receiver in the, country, in, the, in the entire NFL, going up against Darius Slay. You know, I think that matchup really stands out. If you guys remember last year when they went head to head, Slay had two picks uh, when he went when he matched up uh, against Jefferson. So I know Minnesota's excited to try to create some one on one opportunities. And the other thing is, how do they protect Kirk Cousin? You know, last week against Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, they had the three turnovers, and now here they are on the road against Philly's defensive line. Uh, they're going to have to do a really good job of getting the ball out quickly. And the thing for Philly that stands out to me is, I, I know you guys watched them, here they are with such lofty goals, and they just that seemed out of sorts last week. And I think New England's going to end up being a pretty good defense, but on the road, they found a way to win. But talking to Jalen yesterday, they just want to find that rhythm uh, that, that I think was missing quite a bit in that first game. Yeah, look, we, we've watched both those teams play, and I, I was glued in on that Patriots-Eagles game, and I started the show uh, this morning saying, you know, it's hard to really talk about interior offensive line or defensive line play, and yet Jalen Carter was all over the field. You covered him in all those big games for Georgia. We've got a lot of rookie talent out there, both Addison and him. What are you looking for between uh, Addison and Carter and maybe what we should know from all the games you call for both of them in the college sport? Yeah, Peter, I know you know all about Jalen Carter, and, and we're all, I think, sitting on the edge of our seat anticipating what he's going to do in the league. You know, two years ago, when all those Georgia players came out and they went in the first round, I think a lot of us covered the college game. We're like, man, they love these guys. Wait till they see Jalen Carter, who's the best guy on their defense when they won the national championship that first time, and he ended up proving out to be a great player. Had some issues, slid down in the draft. Phillies, of all teams, lucky enough to get him. So I think he, at the end of the day, will be the top rookie uh, in the NFL. But as far as this matchup, because Philly's going to put so much attention on Justin Jefferson, I really think Jordan Addison could be a difference. If Minnesota's going to hang around in this game and potentially pull off an upset, that rookie uh, with his opportunities and one-on-one coverage like you just saw there, he's going to have to make plays when he gets singled up. That's why they brought him in. Uh, talking to uh, Kyle O'Connell, I think that's one of the things he stood out to him in the draft prep was we need somebody that can win one-on-one, and I think they feel that they've got their guy. We'll see if that pays off tonight. Excited to watch you tonight, man. I just remember last year there was an intrigue about you in an NFL booth, and we loved it. I just thought it was great. It was seamless, and year two is going to be incredible. So excited to see you. Let's put you to the test, though. Uh, Kirk, I have a mustache right now on live television. I was inspired by Falcons head coach Arthur Smith who decided to grow it, not ironically here to be a wise-ass, just wanted to wear a mustache. So I said I'll continue to wear it as long as the Falcons win. Um, Kirk, what is the greatest mustache that you've ever seen in person, be it in the coaching ranks or even anywhere in the world? Like, just who is your guy? Dude, I, I saw that yesterday. I was on the treadmill working. I watch you guys every morning, and I was like, what's my, my man doing? It had to be a bet. It had to be something going on. My, my son grew out a mustache when Maverick uh, came out over the summer, and it, yeah. I just wasn't, I wasn't quite feeling it. Yours, yours, is, yours I think, is going to be maybe this week. You may have to carry this till the next week when they go to Detroit, then I, I think you're good to go to, to cut it off. But, um, I, I, man. I'd have to go, i tell you, one time we were on the sideline in Tallahassee and okay. Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds was roommates with Lee Corso at Florida State. Right. And we were down there and, and uh, hanging out and Corso's on the sideline. He said, hey, I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. I turned over and there's Burt Reynolds right there. And to see Burt Reynolds, who, you know, you grow up in my age group, I mean, he was a huge Hollywood star. 
And he still had that big, uh, thick stash back then. So I, I would have to say Burt Reynolds had the most impressive mustache that I've seen in person. What a great answer. Uh, Incredible. Take your pick. Burt Reynolds, a legend. But but most importantly, Kirk Herbstreet says that you will have to wear that for another 13 days. Lock it up. I think think you got one more week, man. And I got to tell you, I wanted to ask you, I'm glad I'm on here. I wanted to ask you, the angry runs. Is that cardio for that day when you get done with that? Like, do you do cardio in addition with that? Or is that your cardio for the day? No, that's it. They say you could do a three-hour Peloton class or a six-minute angry run, and that's it. (laughs) I'm just doing my thing. So maybe I'll – Kirk, if you ever want to join, like, I'll make you sweat, and I appreciate you. And Baker Mayfield won this week, of all people, a college legend. So you never know who's going to win the scepter. (laughs) Dude, I I was so impressed that Baker pulled that off, beating uh, the king, uh, but he deserved it with that stiff arm. And then how about the run to seal the victory, to be able to get to the corner? So very well-deserving, but I love that segment. And – the way you do that, yeah, dude, I, it's like a mix of WWE and, and just you being you. So I appreciate it. You're the best, man. Thank you. Angry run with the stash makes it even better. That's uh, true, Jay. Kirk, one of the last times you were in Philly calling a game way back 2015, Notre Dame taking on Temple. Now, what was special, this was Halloween night, and you were greeted in the booth with a surprise. Let's take a look. Looked like Notre Dame was just maybe going to. <laughs> Looked like Notre Dame was just maybe going to. Oh, God. I'm sure not your finest moment. Uh, you, go ahead. I don't need to ask a question. You go. Go. So we were boys. I mean, I, I, I really. I mean, you got to pull that. Oh. Oh. You're killing me. Was that the scariest moment you've ever had in the booth? Was, was Are you that it? Are that in Philadelphia mm. again? I'm not a haunted house uh, scary movie guy at all. And uh, <laughs> I tr- if you go back and look at I tried to, like, my left leg came up to, like, kick kick uh, whatever the <laughs> thing was. Like, let's see if you can see my leg. Like, I tried to. <laughs> yep. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. I didn't know if somebody. And I thought we were live on the air, and we weren't. Um, but I thought we were live, so I was trying to like kick them to like get them off. Like we're on camera, uh. and it was this little tiny person that, that uh, came came up to me. So no, I, I'm not I'm not a fan of that at all. Mm. Kirk, we're excited to see you tonight. You guys are doing an awesome job. I said earlier in the show, I was like, we got all our other friends. You guys are like the week two. Like, all right, yeah, the whole crew's here now. now. We got everybody, we got you guys. Yeah. Um, real quick, Dion. We're NFL people, yeah. but Dion in Colorado, in like 30 seconds, just give us your summation, your thoughts. Well, it's been amazing, right? I mean, to, to, to bring in whatever, however many people, you know, he ended up chasing off and bringing in. He did it his own way. His son has been a superstar. Uh, Travis Hunter has been, you know, both these guys are in the Heisman discussion early in the year. He's doing it his way. Um, he, he's got a, uh, you know, a team that is incredibly well coached. I think that's the thing that gets lost is how disciplined Dion is an old-school guy when it comes to his coaching. Fundamentally sound. You know, I think a lot of that gets lost because of some of the bravado and some of the stuff on social media. But if you really watch the film, this guy's uh-huh. old-school guy. He does not mess around with his coaching style. So looking forward to seeing uh, the run that they make. They have CSU this week. College game day will be out there. Uh, we have the rock on college game day for the celebrity pick. So we got a, quite a scene going on. And then, Great. you know, at the end, uh, they got a 
rough gaunt schedule, a gauntlet. The Pac-12, I think, is the deepest conference in, in college football, ironically, in their last year of mm. existence. So I don't know how long it'll last, but, man, it's a lot of fun to watch right now. The best. Uh, the Kirk, best. Shrag's got you back to football, and I know you appreciate that, but I just want to hear that octave that you no, hit in the don't booth think that. Uh, eight years ago. <laughs> I do. I mean, uh, whether it be on a Jordan Addison catch yeah. or something, it doesn't have to be out of fear. Yeah, I want to hear that octave. No, yeah, Kirk Street, you no. are the best. You are the best. Talk to you soon. Yeah, we can't wait to hear your Great call tonight. Good luck on year two. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 